Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Sustain Open Source Design. Is it Sustain Our Design? No, it's Sustain Open Source Design. Yes, yes. Sustain Open Source Design. SOS. <laughs> what are you calling <laughs> this? Hello, and welcome to Sustain Open Source Design, the podcast where we talk about the interface and confluence of open source and design. What does that mean? What do designers do in open source? What do open source do in designers? All the things. Very excited to talk to our guest today for a lot of reasons. Before we do so, I want to make sure you know who the panelists are. I am Richard Litauer. Hello, everyone. And our other panelist today is Django Skodupa. Django, how are you? I'm doing well. Just got back from a week in the desert and I'm enjoying there being humidity in the air again. It's great. Didn't get a word you said. But that's cool. I'm sure that the desert is nice. For, I mean, humidity is nice for some people, but man, it's too hot. It's too hot. Although we really shouldn't complain because our guest today, Chukwuka Izioke, is calling to us from Karaba, I believe in southern Nigeria. He normally lives in Lagos. Chuks, how are you doing? I'm good. Doing really good. Just got back from a short break in Kaduna with some really good people. Yeah, I can't complain really. That's awesome. Chooks, you are the co-founder and head of design of Spire, which is great. Can you tell me what that is? Spire is a startup basically helping businesses build better products by enhancing the voice of customers through feedback and insight. That's basically what we do, provide ways through which businesses can collect feedback from customers and provide insights from those feedback. Awesome. So you help companies figure out how to work and how to figure out what their user base is. That sounds a lot like user-centric design. And... As the head of design, you probably know about that. You also, yeah. Nightlight or whatever the word is, you have another thing where you're part of OSCA, Open Source Community Africa. And you were recently at the OSCA event, which happens every year, and you're at the Sustain panel, and yeah. you helped write the report on design and facilitate that session. Could you talk a bit about what that was, how many people were there, what the day was like, what did you focus on in the design session? It was very interesting. Honestly, I did not expect to see that much people. I think we were over a hundred in the room. I mean, we we're divided into teams and we spoke about different topics. I got to facilitate open source and design. I had about 10 people who participated, designers, engineers, and product managers. I think I had one DevRel. So developer relations who also participated. So it was very interesting getting different perspectives from these individuals that were not necessarily designers, but they also contributed to open source. And they got to talk about open source and design from their perspective, the challenges that they've been having as engineers, as PM in getting designers, more designers into open source. So it was very interesting. That's super cool. Getting designers into open source is super hard. That's one of the reasons we started this podcast to try to figure out how we can talk about it more and how we can do it more. How did you get into open source? I know you co-founded the company, which is kind of a, a cheap way of doing it because you say, I have the power to do this and here we go. But how did you have the courage to do that? Were you a designer before? What did that look like? I mean, I've been a designer for some time now. 
I transitioned into product design in late 2017, early 2018. Before then, I was a graphics designer. Sometime in 2019, Ariel came to Nigeria and spoke about open source and design. And it was very interesting to me because at the time I was looking for projects to help me upskill and also help with my creativity and productivity at work because it was things that work were getting like still. So I needed some new adventure. So I decided to check out open source. It was really, really challenging. I tried to see if I could connect with designers who did open source in Nigeria. And I only found one person at the time. Her name is Abigail Makolo. I reached out to her. She stays in Abuja. She's very amazing. She was very helpful. She got on calls with me at different times and she tried to walk me through. She tried to help me set up my GitHub profile. She tried to show me how to look for projects, how to indicate interest. It was still very, very challenging. I remember one time we got on a call and we spent over an hour just looking for projects that I could jump on and it was difficult. I don't think I got a reply from any of the maintainers or the creators of any of those projects. So it was really, really, I mean, discouraging at some point. I knew that I was a good designer. I was very sure that I was pitching very well, but for some reason, I wasn't getting any responses. But then I just continued applying. I mean, I continued checking out other projects and then I found opensource.com, I think. And there were a couple of projects on there. Some were really old. There were very few new projects. I tried to reach out to the maintainers of those projects and it turns out that they already had designers. And so I was like, okay, what do I do now? This is, it's, it's getting really difficult getting a project to work on. Maybe I should just create a project for myself. And yeah, I started creating for myself. So I've contributed to a project called Ask Me Anything, which is basically like Lovers Magazine. We just reach out to designers. We ask them questions. They answer. We upload it on Ask Me Anything and people can go over there to read and people can also nominate designers. They want us to feature and we feature them. Also, I contribute on Figma as like a community section where you can contribute design and put up there as a template that other people can use it. So yeah, in summary, that has been sort of my journey with open source. Awesome. I love that you found a mentor who's willing to sit down with you for an hour to find projects. That is <laughs> rare and cool. Very, very rare. Yes. Yeah. The Ariel was also amazing, actually. I said message on Twitter. Sent me a lot of resources. She took her time. She replied. She answered my questions. And she, she actually gave me audience. I actually did not expect that she would take time to answer all my questions. And she did. And she really answered them. Like, when I say answer them, she types like long messages, you know, and it was really amazing. Earl's awesome. They are so giving all the time. Earl, yeah. early, early spotlight for you right now. So <laughs> the best. Chukwaka, tell me about Untitled Designers. Is that the name of it? The community you have? Yes. Untitled Designers. So Untitled Designers was born late last year. I had noticed over time that the design community or industry in Nigeria is not as structured as the developer community. Developers in Nigeria have a lot of 
access, a lot of reach, but we do not have that as a design community in Nigeria. And so to design as a sort of an answer to solving some of those problems. So basically, we are a community of designers in Africa building a sustainable design ecosystem by equipping designers with tools, information, and assets they need. We had our first design conference sometime in May, and it was amazing. We planned for about 650 people, and we had over a thousand people from different parts of Nigeria who came. It was amazing. I've noticed this about Nigeria. So like Oscar was near a thousand people. It sounds like the yeah. design conference was a thousand people. Yeah. Do you have any idea how y'all are, are so good at getting people in a room? Because that's really hard for like <laughs> me. So I'm just really curious. Honestly, I think a major factor was the fact that we've all been indoors for a very long time, especially after the COVID-19 lockdown in 2020. We used to go for meetups before. In 2018, 2019, there were a lot of meetups, but because of COVID-19 lockdown and everything, people just got to stay in our home and nothing was really happening in terms of events and meetups. And so when we did this, specifically for designers, we had people come out. I mean, people were looking for it to go and we sort of gave that to them. Also, I think Nigeria has a very communal spirit. We love gatherings, especially in Lagos. We love gatherings. There's this thing we call Owambe. Like every Saturday, people get married and people just go there, dress up, go there, have fun, eat good food, laugh, you know, dance to music and stuff. So we love that communal gathering and we love being around people who have good energy. And so any chance we get to do that or to have that, we jump at it. We need to pair more design and open source conferences with like contra dancing and like Highland Games <laughs> here in the States, you know, like that would just be great. <laughs> so I love that. That is awesome. I have one question, which is maybe persnickety. You had a thousand people show up at this design conference, but you had 10 people at the Sustain Oscar design session. Why is it two orders of magnitude lower? Is there a way we can help get people to more design and open source sessions or is there something else going on? So I think for open source, not everybody got the invite for Sustain. Sustain was an invite only thing. So it was basically just people who were invited that came. That's why it was like that. I think if it was open, more people would have showed up. You mentioned in this document, and we touched on it a little bit earlier about assisting designers in discovering open source projects to contribute in. This is something that I know Richard and I have talked about before, and I'd really be interested in hearing about roadblocks that you might have suffered specifically and what ways it might be improved for you, particularly in your field, to discovering new projects. So first, I did notice that there weren't a lot of open source projects active. I found a lot, but they were not active. Maybe they were not being maintained anymore, but there weren't a lot of active projects. So it was very difficult getting one. And even when I got one, or when you get one, you struggle to understand what it is about, what they need, what they're struggling with. So documentation isn't basically documentation was really terrible for a lot of those projects, a lot. 
those that had very good documentations, they had designers on the team already. Yeah, so they were not openings or anything. Those were like the major bottlenecks I had when I started out. It was really difficult. I mean, when I was on the call with Abigail, she got tired at some point because we must have gone over 50 different projects and nothing. It was crazy. So yeah, those are the bottlenecks that I have had as I tried to get into open source. That brings me to onboarding specifically. There is such an issue in the design process of onboarding compared with onboarding for other people to make specific contributions. When you're looking at a project that you might be considering contributing to, what do you look for in documentation to improve your experience onboarding? Okay, so before I answer this, I just remembered one other bottleneck I had. That was, I was, I mean, I am a designer and at the time I'd never used GitHub before, but I had to set up an account and get familiar with it. That was kind of challenging as well to figure it out how to use GitHub as a designer, right? And also I was worried about, because I mean, for developers, right? When you contribute to a project, all you have to do is push Git and it sort of just reflects and everybody knows that, hey, you contributed to a project. But for like designers, I was concerned at the time about, okay, how do they know that I have done this work? Like, how do they know that I have contributed to open source? What can I use to prove that I have contributed to open source? So to answer your question, I think having a an introduction about what the project is would be helpful. If there's an introduction about what the project is, what the goals are, really helpful. What design challenges they're having, if any. I mean, I know for some projects I saw, they had issues and then they had like, I think they had like tags. So when you open an issue, you can see different tags or you can see like UX design, UI design. You can see front end bug fixes, things like that. But I think if there was like a clear, this is the design challenges that we're having. This is maybe a link to the design file or some design documentation to give me an idea about what the design system is, what design system looks like, design language. If there's anything like that at all, it would really help with my onboarding. How to get started, where to look for what. If there are resources, where do I find them? Are they on Google Drive? Are they on Dropbox? If I need illustrations, if I need, say for a design system, if I need color codes and stuff, do I go to Storybook? Where do I find those? So I think having things like that would really help with my onboarding. Also for challenge, for issues, if there's something like an equivalent of a PRD, I guess, it would also be helpful to provide some clarity for me. It would really be helpful. Some of those in place would really help with onboarding. Seems like in order to know how to onboard a designer properly, you almost need a designer on your team to teach you that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also feels like there's a gap where we're failing. So we spend a lot of our time talking about design and open source people and how hard it is for people who are already have jobs in design and open source or people who are sort of job adjacent. But we don't talk about explicitly workshopping. Here's how you convince a project that you're not a member of that they need to think about these things. 
here's how you go to that project and say, listen, I couldn't find the documentation for whether you want designers. I couldn't find where to find the documentation about how to get involved in your project. It's clear that you have some design thinking because you've done X, 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 and X, but you haven't done Y, 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 and Y. Why? So how can we work on that? Like that sounds to me like a huge green field for open source designers to try to figure out what would I like to see and how can I effectively convince, storytell, manipulate, ask projects to build that into their platform so that it's easier for me to help them and for them to grow. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. That would be cool. I would like to do that. Very cool. Count me in when you start doing that. I'll help out. Yeah. Happy to help out. (laughs) Tell me about the thousand designers who came to your awesome conference. Many of these people weren't open source designers, correct? They were just designers in general? Yes. Just designers in general. Yeah. Cool. How did you find them? How did they find you? What was the main themes of the conference? I am very active in the community and very active on Twitter as well. So I also belong to a couple of other communities. So it was very easy to spread the word really fast. And I had really amazing people on my team who were also in other communities. And were also very active community people and had like a lot of followership and stuff. So it was, the design community is a very small community in Nigeria. So it was really easy to get word to go around really quick and really fast. Another thing that really helped was when we started to announce the speakers. So we had a fantastic lineup of speakers ranging from people who had 10 years, 15 years of experience in the industry, down to people who had two, three years in the industry, because we wanted to give everybody an opportunity to speak and we wanted to show some form of inclusion and sort of communicate that, hey, everybody has something to offer, so it doesn't matter your years of experience, if you know something you think you want to pass on to people, you're very welcome to to speak. We had about, let's see, five speakers. We had those who spoke individually, and then we had two panel sessions. Each panel had about five speakers. So we did not really have a specific theme for the conference. I mean, it was like the first design conference in Nigeria. Maybe in Africa, I'm not entirely sure, but I am certain that it was the first design conference. It is the first design conference in Nigeria. So we just wanted to just have a conference, basically. There wasn't a specific theme to it. So we had people talk on Web3. We had people talk about research. We had people talk about designing for social good. We had people talk about more indigenous designs. We had people talk about health and design. We had people talk about your mental health and design. We had people talk about measuring design. I don't know. It was a variety of topics, basically. So, Did you talk about open source at all there? I'm curious. Did we talk about open source? Yes, we did. Abigail spoke. I made sure Abigail spoke. Yeah, I was very particular about that because, I mean, I know how hard it was for me to get into open source. And honestly... Open source design is not something that is talked about every day, right? So we have more and more people getting into design in Nigeria, but the conversation, there are zero to no conversations about open source and design. So I really wanted to get that conversation going. And that was why I was really insistent on Abigail speaking. If you could 
have a conference in say two months. So it's not too overwhelming. There's just not right yeah. now. And if you'd have that conference again, what would you like to say to the designers who don't know about open source? What would you say to get them involved in it? Open source is great. Open source is amazing. If you need project, real life projects for your portfolio, get you good jobs. Open source is definitely the way to go. I don't know why people don't know this, but it helps a lot. I had my interview some time ago with the senior designer at Google. I was talking about my experience. I was talking about my project, but he suddenly got interested when I mentioned open source design. You know, I was like, yo, tell me more about your open source design projects and got talking and that alone got me to the next stage. So open source can do this for people. And I think what designers need to look in that direction. Yeah. It seems like you've gotten a lot of help along the way, which is awesome. So have I, so has Django. I mean, all of us, we don't get anywhere alone. What I'm curious is that you've mentioned several times you're part of many communities. It seems like you travel yeah. a lot and talk to a lot of people. Yeah. And that's cool. Do you have any advice or do you have any thoughts on whether design and open source demands that you be an extrovert to do it well or demands that you're <laughs> able to have all these links? No, I don't think so. I am not an extrovert. I am an introvert. I am very introverted. <laughs> I'm not sure that I've been to any social gathering after the conference, which was in so you don't need to be an extrovert to have to be part of any community or to contribute in open source or to have any things. I do very well in the community. I know a lot of people. I mean, I associate easily. When I do go out, I am fun to be with, but I don't go out a lot. I connect with most of my friends, I guess, on social media. I mean, even if you're an introverted person and on your social media, be an extrovert on social media <laughs> and be an introvert in real life. That's good to know. It's good to hear because I felt like, well, no, let's be honest. I didn't feel that way. I love community work <laughs> and I love talking to people. I felt like the story you're painting is like, you have to know everyone to get ahead. And it's like, that's, that can't be true. So I'm curious. No. I think when it comes to being an extrovert and an introvert, a lot of people think that as an introvert, you're like this guy to meet person, but that's not true. And be an introvert and you can still be this confident and bold person who can speak. When it is time for me to speak, I speak, I talk. But when I'm not talking, I'm probably just at home, just working, figuring out things. Stuff. So yeah. Amen to that. When I want to speak, I speak. And then when I'm done, I am done. Yeah. I wish I had that ability. I don't. I just talk all the time. But then I realize I've said too much. <laughs> It's okay. I want to talk more about Spire. So you said that you have helped companies out with figuring out what they need to do design wise. Do you sell the fact that you're an open source designer when you try to get clients? Do you integrate open source design processes into your contracts, into your work? How do you onboard other people who aren't say paid by you into your company? I'm just curious about all those questions. Okay. Spire is in open source. The open source project is ask me anything. Spire is a startup on its own, so it's not really open source, but we do have plans as the team grows, encourage open source within the team and also see if we can find a way to, I don't know, maybe make it open. I, I don't think we're able to make it open source, but we do plan to encourage team members to contribute to open source projects and maybe, I don't know, encourage them to start their own project that people can contribute to and you can support financially, maybe. 
we do have um, Slack. No, I don't talk about open source when we're trying to onboard clients. But for Ask Me Anything, we have it documented on Notion. And when we onboard designers, we have them go through what we have on Notion. There's also myself or any of the other designers can jump on a call with them, answer any questions they may have, walk them through the design file. We've created a comprehensive style guide and every other thing they need to get started. Uh, That sounds great. Not every single company has to be open source all the way. Sometimes companies do have a bottom line and it doesn't have to be open source to get there. But working with other people does certainly help. So it sounds really cool. I'm looking over some of the questions that you've written about in the OSCO report. So this is the same 2020 community report. Listeners, you can mm-hmm. read it online. And one of the questions you have here is, how do we improve the process of designers maintaining and contributing to open source projects? And this is something which we haven't really talked much about on this podcast so far, besides saying, well, make it easier for me to join. But once you're yeah. in a project and you're already the designer and you maybe already thought about the documentation, which we've covered, what else can you do and what else would you do to improve the process? One of the things we talked about was flexibility in contribution. Somebody raised a point where they talked about how developers are able to contribute to a specific part of the project, right? Like a simple bug fix. But a lot of designers are not necessarily able to contribute to small parts of project, mainly because maybe maintainers think that designers it come in when there's like a lot more work or when the work is bulky or something. So having more simpler tasks that designers can do would help. Another thing we talked about was, okay, so, I mean, in Nigeria, right, the economy is terrible. And so a lot of people prioritize money first. And so maybe some form of Remuneration or their contribution might help to encourage them to keep contributing to a project or to open source. I think one of the reasons why people do not want to get into open source is because they think that it's pro bono work. And virtually a lot of people are optimizing to make money. So pro bono doesn't really appeal to them. So we need to also let them know that, hey, you can actually still get paid contributing to open source projects. That would really help encourage people to contribute into open source projects. And also considering the fact that people have like full-time jobs, sometimes people have two jobs, making contribution flexible for designers would also like, because people, when people feel like, oh, I don't have to do a full flow of six, eight, nine streams, I can just change a section on this website or a section on this screen. That's all they need. That would also encourage people because then they can, when they look at the time, I mean, I have time to do this little thing. And that counts as me contributing to open source. More like that. We also talked about how companies can help encourage designers to contribute to open source by one, maybe making it part of their evaluation, especially as a senior designer. I know some companies, for you to be a senior designer, you have to agree to mentor other designers or junior designers. And so if there's a criteria like that also that says you as a senior designer, we need to also be willing to contribute to open source and this will count as part of your evaluation at the end of the year or something. 
that would also encourage people to contribute to open source. Also companies allowing teams, design teams within the company to work on pet projects, fund projects that eventually becomes open source will also encourage people to contribute to open source projects. I have a reflection I'm curious on your thoughts on. So a lot of the times it's hard to get money for being a designer because open source projects or companies which sponsor open source or open source projects that are part of companies don't prioritize design. And we know that that's not something yeah. to think about needs to happen for open source. I wonder mm -hmm. if we're shooting ourselves in the foot by talking about design at all. And I wonder if instead of mm -hmm. mentioning design, when you mention getting mm -hmm. paid, when you mention how much value it brings, when you mention yeah. overhauling something, if you should yeah. talk about the goals of the project and how the work that you do will help the goals of the project further it along, instead of going into the whole open source design thing at all, just say, listen, this will help the project and no one else is doing it. So I'm going to do it. Is everyone okay with that? Do you think that might be more effective as a strategy? Yeah, I think so. But then again, I think it depends on the people involved. A lot of the time, maybe they're just not interested in getting that help. I think it is a good strategy and I think it's going to work. I've seen a couple of people try it and it succeeded. And I've seen a couple of people try it and it didn't work out for them. But give it a shot. If it works, yay. If it doesn't, on to the next. <laughs> In Nigeria, we say we move. <laughs> I like that. It's interesting to me that you talk about Nigeria's economy not being great. It isn't great. It's the 27th largest economy in the world. That means there's 26 other countries ahead of you. So that's mm -hmm. not ideal. I wonder, is there any advice you would give to people from developing countries like Nigeria with ascendant economies to get involved in projects which are based elsewhere? I mean, besides obviously allowing you make more money and increasing your purchasing power, the experience that comes with it as well. I think one of the things that has helped me in my career growing really fast is the fact that I, I started working on projects outside Nigeria. I started collaborating on projects that were not Nigerian-based projects really early on. And so I learned really early on to design for skill in a way. So yeah, definitely. I think we also need to start exporting our talent and our skills. In 2019 or 2020, I read a report about India. India made over, I think over a billion dollars just exporting tech talent and tech skills. I mean, I think that was very massive. And Nigeria also has a lot of potential to, to do same if we export our skills more. The more designers work on projects outside, bring their money home. More engineers work on projects outside, bring their money home. We buy more things, we keep money in the bank. The money extends to our family. We're able to make sure that our families are well. We're able to set up other members of our family who start also doing well for themselves. And so people just grow this. There's like a ripple effect thing, right? And before you know it, we're growing gradually. So definitely not just bringing in the money, but also like sharing the money and getting people up so that people I mean, so that more money is made from the money that comes in or comes through you. I hear that. I wish there was a way to not just export, but say import talent by working in design projects and open source projects outside and then staying in your local communities instead of just leaving. 
But there's always a balance and every individual has to do things. Yeah. I was just trying to think like, what can you do as a Nigerian to more easily get involved in projects that aren't based there? I mean, obviously open source isn't really based anywhere, but oh, yeah. kind of is. So yeah. trying to figure out like how to help develop economies and developing economies instead of them focusing just on building local networks, how to make sure that the networks grow and move beyond. I think it's more awareness, really. We need to work on our stories and awareness. So when we were preparing for the conference, I had calls with a couple of founders and senior designers outside Nigeria. And something was very common, right? They kept saying, oh, wow, there's a massive community of designers in Nigeria. We had no idea. And you guys are amazing. I've seen the work of some of the designers from there and they're really amazing. And you would think that people know that we have a huge community of designers in Nigeria, but people don't. And it's not just a Nigerian thing, it's an African thing. So we need to create more awareness that, hey, look, there is a massive community of designers in Africa that the world needs to pay attention to. There are a lot of programs, there are a lot of other communities that we can't get into because they don't have systems or processes in place to allow people from Africa get into them. For instance, you can't get energy group certification from Nigeria. And I know a lot of amazing designers who would have loved to. I also would have loved to. I've tried a lot of times. I've tried to take some of their courses and get certified, but I can't because I am in Nigeria. And this is not just energy group. There are like other communities and institutions that do not have processes, you know, set up to allow people from this part of the world get into them. So yeah, awareness. I think we also need to tell more stories about designers in Africa who are doing amazing stuff. We have a lot of them, but their stories are just locally. Nobody knows about them. Nobody knows how they've help the design industry grow over time. For instance, there's somebody called Leslie Williams. Leslie Williams is an amazing designer. He has been designing for over 10 years and he has given so much to, to the growth of the design industry, not just communities, but the design industry right in Nigeria. And there are a lot of other designers like that, but nobody's telling their stories and I think if more opportunities are given, conferences, for instance, outside the country and bring in people like this to speak, focus on designers in Africa, focus on designers in, I mean, I don't want to live with just Nigeria. So, yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Well, hopefully this will help. We're trying to give you more awareness as what we're doing right now, but also... Yeah. Continuing to hold conferences like Oscar are awesome and continuing to come out with really great reports like the report that you came out. Listeners, I hope you go and check it out at blog.oscafrica.org, sustain-africa-2022-community-report, or just go to the show notes where it will be there. Chukwuka, this has been really awesome talking to you. Thank you so much. I want to know where people can follow you on the internet, where they can learn more about stuff that you design and more events that you throw and what you do. Thank you, sir. I am very active on Twitter. My Twitter handle is underscore shy one. That's underscore S-H-Y-O-N-E. I am also kind of active on LinkedIn, <laughs> but you, you would catch me a lot on Twitter. I am also on a DP list. 
If anybody wants to speak with me, yeah, my full name on ADP is Tukoka is okay. Yeah, thank you. We're not done yet, however. Now's the time of the show where oh, we have okay. the spotlight. Uh-huh. Spotlight is where we highlight other people, which you've already been doing for 10 minutes anyway. So I don't know why we need to have it again, <laughs> but that's just what we do. So it's cool. Where we shed light on people who have helped us long or given us help or just projects that we think need love. So Django, what is your spotlight today? My spotlight right now, probably be Ursula K. Le Guin, just because I've just finished up A Wizard of Earthsea. And that really changed a lot of the ways that I think about myself in relationship to everything that I interact with. And to anyone who was on a Southwest Airlines flight to Salt Lake City and just saw me crying in the back row, that's why. Awesome. Ursula K. Le Guin is the best. So thank you for that. Her other work is also exceptional. My spotlight today is someone who just doesn't really get appreciated very often. Lin-Manuel Miranda, wherever you are in the world, I'm sorry that no one likes you or any of the stuff that you make. It's just really unfortunate <laughs> because Encanto was like, it should have gotten more praise than they got. I know you won like Emmys and operas and a Pulitzer and stuff, but like also whoever was in my apartment on Friday night while I was there alone, <laughs> get out, but also sorry for crying so much. So Encanto is great. Go check it out. Chukuka, what's your spotlight today? A community called Usable. I don't know if it still holds, but it was really instrumental to my growth as a designer. Some of the organizers were Ellie Ator, Adit Awap. These are the only two who I remember. And also Namso. I think Namso single-handedly brought stigma to Nigeria or to Africa. Back then, it was just Edgy and Sketch. And Namso wrote over eight pages of proposals to Figma telling them why they should focus on Africa. And that actually caught their attention. And he was the regional lead for Africa for over three years and recently just handed over to Bella. So yeah, shout out to Namso. <laughs> Chukwuka, again, thank you so much. This has been excellent. Audience, if you like this, please let us know. So we are interested in hearing your thoughts about anything. You can email us at sosdpodcast at sustainoss.org and that will go to all of the panelists. And we are happy to hear your thoughts or your suggestions for other guests to come on or your critiques. If you also want to engage in more conversation, you can go to our discourse at discourse.sustainoss.org where you can talk about cool stuff going on in the sustained world or on the Open Collective Slack. Please like this podcast on Apple and Spotify and Google Play and all the other places it is because it actually does help get more people to listen. So if you have the chance, three taps with the with the thumb. You got this. That's what they're for. And thank you so much for listening. Shukwuka, again, it's been a pleasure. Keep in touch. Best of luck with everything. And just thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Take care.